Hello. Woo! Sorry, guys. Be careful, headphones users, because we are back. We are back with another episode of Sports with Jesus. Jesus Cristo, baby. Jesus Marcos Ayala. Tu sabes, that's my name, man. That is my name. That's my middle name. And that is the name of this show. Of this show. I can't believe we made it to a second episode, man. You know, the first one was was tough. The first one was tough. First one was a little tough. Let me let me let me fix the microphone a bit. First one was a little tough. You know, I I didn't prep. I didn't prep as much as I wanted to. Um, I was a little nervous. I was very nervous. Um, I tried all night, you know, to stay up and prep. You know, watch a couple games and prep on the first day. But you know, I just fell asleep. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I fell asleep, and I woke up at like 6 a.m. I could have waited a little longer, you know, to get it out there and put it out there. But, you know, I wanted to do it at 8 a.m. Um, today, I'm I'm doing it a little late because, you know, I spent uh, I spent really hard. You know, I worked really hard, you know, prepping today. And I feel like I'm a little more prepared uh, today to give you guys a better episode, a better episode. I'm not I'm going to I'm going to I'm a little disappointed in the first episode. Not because of you guys or because of the reviews or because of this and that. Nothing. It's, it's all on me. It's totally all on me. You know, I could have prepped a lot better. Um, I could have been a little more organized. But, uh, you know, hey, first episode is always the hardest. You know what I'm saying? But uh, today we got some good stuff for you guys. We got some good stuff. Well, I know my stuff's good. I That's what I know. I don't know about the performances of these New York teams, man. We, we down bad a little right now. We down bad. Um, You know, I feel... I feel uh I feel you got some good stuff because I worked really hard. You know, I worked really hard to prep and I'm really proud of the work that I put in, you know, the notes that I took. And uh, I'm just really proud. Thank you. Can I get a can I get a round of applause, please? <laughs> oh yeah, thank thank you guys so much. You guys are really kind. Thank you for uh you know, just uh, just taking the time, you know, again, just I'm, I'm so very grateful for you guys to take the time, you know, actually make time for the podcast. You know, just just just, you know, it takes a lot of time to download this application, make an account, um, follow me, um, download the 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 podcast and then listen to it. Like, that's a lot of work. And, you know, I, got, I really appreciate you guys, you know, coming through for your boy, man. Coming through, man, because you already know, man. You know it's going to be worth it at the end. You know I'm going to take care of all my people. I love my people, you know, man. You know, it's, it's, it's literally all about the people, man. It's, it's, it's how about we, it's how we, how we grow with each other, how we, how we help each other. You know, it's not about going against each other or a competition. It's about helping each other, helping the next man up, you know, to succeed and achieve their dreams. But, um... You know, we got some good stuff for you guys today. Um, we're gonna cover we're gonna cover the Mets versus the Brewers, their past two games. Uh, we're gonna cover the Yankees versus the Phillies. Um we're also gonna we're also, you know, gonna give you some top news going on uh in the leagues. Uh we got baseball and basketball. So we got some pretty good stuff today. Uh we're gonna start off with, with basketball. Uh, because we only got one game to talk about, and uh, it's gonna be the Nets versus the Timberwolves. Um, 
the Knicks didn't play this uh this these past couple of days, but uh, they're gonna play tonight. So we're definitely gonna talk about the game tonight. Um, we're gonna talk about the game tonight. Um, next uh Friday, Friday. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Um, the the schedule is gonna be Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Episodes release. Um, you know, give me some time to create some content. You know, in between days. Uh, watch some good stuff over the over the weekend. Um, sooner soon, I hope to be at um, at every day. You know, Monday through Friday. Soon, soon, soon. But we got a we got a long ways to go. Um, but let's just focus on what we got right now and uh, basketball news. We're gonna start with off with off with basketball news. Um, Joel Embiid uh, with a huge game, huge game against the former Eastern Conference champions. The Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are currently the two seed um, behind the Milwaukee Bucks. And Joel Embiid just put on a show yesterday. I mean, this guy, wow. Uh, two of the best teams, you know, in the league, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid. Um, I mean, and the Boston Celtics. You know, these are two these are the top these are two of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference right now. And this is a huge game. This is a huge game. And uh, you know, Joel Embiid just just went off. The man went off. He's been second in MVP voting this this whole season, uh, behind Nikola Jokic, who plays for the Denver Nuggets. Um, but Jokic has been out, you know, with an injury for uh his calf. he ha- he has some problems with his calf. Uh, he's been out with an injury for the past couple days, and uh, Joel Embiid is just making is just putting on a show right now. He he's making the case uh, for him to be the MVP. I like Jokic, you know. I I still take Jokic, but there's just a lot of controversy going on with the uh, MVP. You know, they don't want to give it to Jokic for the third year because you know he's he's you know he's not marketable. Um, you know, he hasn't done anything spectacular. But this is the regular season, man, and this guy is balling. His team is in the first seed, and they look horrible without him. So I think Nikola Jokic uh, deserves the MVP over Joel Embiid. But it's very, it's very hard, it's very hard to to count that guy out after this performance. And this performance, the man dropped Joel Embiid against the seventy six against the Celtics. He dropped fifty two points. 52 points, 13 boards, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 blocks. Oh, my God. 2 blocks. And guess how much they won? They won 103 to 101. Shout out. Shout out to the 76ers for coming through on that huge game um, against the Boston Celtics and, you know, pulling it out. Pulling it out at home. Pulling it out. You know, uh, I can see here. I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. Tatum had a, Tatum had Jason Tatum had a pretty, you know, un, unlike himself game. He had 19 points, shooting seven for 20. Um, oh, I, oh, Jalen Brown didn't play this game. I didn't, I didn't know that. So that's probably you know a, a big reason that the 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 Sixers won. They uh, the Celtics didn't have Jalen Brown. Um, that guy, he's a key piece to that. You know, he's. He's a key piece to that uh, Celtic offense and defense. You know, he's a he's a great two-way player. But the 76ers come out with the win. 
Uh, LeBron James. LeBron James. You know, you can't talk about basketball without LeBron James, man. This guy, um, he's he's Iron Man. You know, this guy is one of the the. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. I don't even know how to explain it right now because you know I'm a little nervous and things aren't coming to me right now. But LeBron James is, you know, you got to respect him as a basketball player and what he's done uh, off the court to stay on the court. The man invests like $2 million into his body annually, annually, you know, to keep him at the best shape of his life. And, uh, you know, LeBron James is is just, uh, he's one of the best of all time. You know, he's one of the best of all time. And, um, you know, what he's doing at this age it's uh is 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 unbelievable right now. It's, it's remarkable. He's 38 years old right now. He's 38 years old and he dropped 37 points. 37 points against the Utah Jazz yesterday. Uh a very clutch W because these guys are fighting for a playoff spot. They're fighting for a playoff spot or or a spot in the play in. Um but these guys uh LeBron James is clutch yesterday. He's clutch. They pulled out an overtime win over the Utah Jazz. Um, LeBron went from 37. Austin Reeves, man. Austin Reeves. I'm, I'm becoming a huge fan of Austin Reeves. Maybe not too much of a fan because I don't want to curse him. Because every time I become a fan of... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I become a fan against to everyone and they just start stinking it up, man. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on. I can't be a fan of, of anybody, man. I just have to remain neutral, man. I don't want to curse anybody. Because <laughs> every time I become a fan of someone, you know, they just end up doing horrible. And uh, so I'm just going to remain neutral. I'm just going to say I like this guy. I like Austin Reeves. You know, he's a young guy, undrafted. Um, and he's, he's carrying right now. He's had a really good stretch these past couple games. Um, you know, averaging about 20, 25 you know, this guy is really putting the Lakers on his back um, with the absence of D'Angelo Russell, their starting point guard, who they traded for at the trade deadline. Um, he's been having trouble, you know, staying on the court. But Austin Reeves, man, Austin Reeves has been showing up. And my boy dropped 28 points yesterday to go along with six assists. Anthony Davis uh, with 21 points. Um, with With 21 points and 14 rebounds. And the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, they win um, 135-133. to Another close game in overtime against the Utah Jazz. Um, last thing, um, you know, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns clinched their ticket to the playoffs or punched their ticket to the playoffs with a win over the Spurs. Uh, the Suns are now 7-0. They are 7-0. Oh man, seven and zero uh, when KD is in the lineup. And KD yesterday, he went six for fourteen, dropping eighteen points uh, with five boards and two assists. Easy game for them. Booker had twenty seven. Um, oh, Chris Paul had twenty two points, and Aiton, DeAndre Aiton had nineteen points. So pretty uh, balanced game um, by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but the Phoenix Suns are looking really good, man. They're looking really good. They're going to be a tough matchup in the playoffs. I mean, they got Kevin Durant, man. Like, Kevin, KD. Oh, my God, I'm so heartbroken. Uh, because, you know, he 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 got traded from the Brooklyn Nets to to the Phoenix Suns, man. And I'm just being, you know, I, I, didn't, get a, I didn't get a chance to see him play. 
You know, Kevin Durant is my favorite player of all time. You know, I'm not, he yeah, he's my favorite player of all time, man. I I don't care what he's done or um, you know, his his team decisions or whatever. I don't care, man. That the guy made me fall in love with the game of basketball, man. Um, I remember used to used I uh, used to watch him when he was on OKC, um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I started getting into basketball like uh, around 2013, um, 2012, 2013. That's when I started getting into basketball. That season, uh, when the um, when the when the Heat they faced the uh, they faced the Spurs, um, after. After the year they beat the OKC, after the year they beat OKC, you know KD. Um, but I've just been a huge fan of KD, man. He made me fall in love with the game. Um, but yeah, that's some that's some top news that I thought was top. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's just some top news that I thought was pretty good to know um, for you guys. Uh, we're gonna get into the Nets game right now. So Nets coming three games away from clinching a playoff spot. Maybe the sixth seed, maybe the fifth seed. Who knows? Um, the Timberwolves come in ninth. They come in ninth in the West, battling for a seeding in the playoffs or most likely uh, the play-in game, uh, the play-in tournament. And it's tight. The race is tight. Um, you got a couple teams, uh, you know, the race is tight. Uh, when it gets to uh oh wow five six seven eight nine and ten oh my god the race is super super tight you know um look all these games are decided by a half a game a one and a half a game you got the Warriors sitting at the the fifth seed um the Clippers at the sixth seed half a game behind uh the Clippers and the Lakers the we, they got a huge game coming up. Uh, to face each other, I think it's Thursday. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Thursday. Um, that's a huge game, guys. I would tune into that game if you if you like watching basketball because that's a huge game right there. Um, the the Lakers and the Clippers are tied for the sixth and and seventh spot. New Orleans sits at eighth. Um, at the eighth spot, Minnesota Timberwolves ninth. OKC ten. So it's a really trite, it's really tight, it's really tight race uh, in the Western Conference, and it's just fun to watch. It's just fun to watch. So back to the next game, uh, Michael Bridges, they call him Macau. I say Michael. Yeah, I say Michael. I like Michael. <laughs> you see, people laughed at me. They have laughed at me uh, at the way I pronounced his name, Michael, when it's Macau. But I like Michael, and it sounds better. Um, maybe in person I'll call him Michael because that's his name. But I like Michael a lot. So Michael Bridges um, has twenty five has had twenty five points in six straight games coming into this one, uh, with good company like KD, Kyrie, and Bernard King. These guys, um, these guys have achieved this before multiple times. So that just shows you what type of season this guy's having. Uh, he's on pace. To play 83 games this season. 83 games Michael Bridges is on pace to play. There's 82 games in a season, guys. And he's on pace to play 83. Which which would potentially include the play-in. Um, I love this guy. I love Michael Bridges. Um, you know, he's Iron Man. He stays healthy. He likes to be on the floor. 
He reminds me a little of KD, you know, the body, the body type. You know, he has really long arms. He has a seven-foot wing, wingspan. Like, this guy's arms is, oh, my God. This guy has gorilla arms. <laughs> um, you know, he's on pace. He's going to be a star. He's going to be a star, you know, um, and he's on pace to play 83 games, man. You can't ask for nothing better than a guy who's healthy and that's going to be on the court every day. Like, you can count on this guy, man. That's something rare that you don't see these days. A guy that's willing to play all 83, all 82 games in a season. You know, we've gotten into load management. And load management is, is really killing the game, man. It's really killing the game. You know, you got you got players missing games because they don't want to play a back-to-back. Um, because they don't want to, they want to avoid injury. Like, like, come on, man. Like. This is this is taken from a, a fan's perspective. You know, they they save up their money to they save up their checks to go to a, a basketball game and you decide you don't want to play. Now look at them. Look at them. They spent all this money, they spent all this time and all this hard work to see you play, but you don't want to play today. Because you don't want to play a back to back. You don't want to play two games in a row. Cause you have you you're scared of getting hurt. Guy, yo, you're a professional player, and you have professional uh, physicist in the clubhouse, or in—I don't know, man. In in yeah, in the clubhouse, and and you guys are afraid of injury, man. These, you know, it's just horrible. It's horrible where the sports is going. Um, it's getting soft. Um, uh, one of my favorite players. I feel like he's one of the pioneers of uh, of of this load management quotation marks. I feel like he's one of the pioneers of this load management. And it's Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, you know, he's one of my favorite players. But um, I'm pretty sure he's the pioneer of this. He started this. And I'm really upset. But it's horrible, man. It's horrible. People aren't playing every day. So at the beginning of the game, um, with the Nets and the Timberwolves, the teams are going back and forth, you know, at the beginning of the game. Trading buckets, good defense being played, uh, but better offense. You know, Nets showing Nets were showing good defense with a couple of shot clock violations on the Timberwolves. You know, really getting in their face and disrupting passes. Um, recently, you know, A Rod and his and his partner, you know, fun fact, now own forty percent of the team with on track to be majority owners by twenty twenty four. Cool little fact for you, you know, A Rod, Alex Rodriguez. Um, is 40% owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, that's pretty cool. Shout out to A-Rod. So the Timberwolves, after the first quarter, they're leading 31-24. You know, it's pretty back and forth. You know, Carl Anthony Towns with a couple buckets. Uh, Mike Cal, you know, matching his buckets with some of his own. You know, Dinwiddie got a nice dunk. You know, Nets defense, um, you know... They've been playing great defense, you know, and uh, so far this game. But the Nets defense, um, they had a play where uh, Nets defense leads to offense, you know, with nice ball movement off the transition and Cam Johnson. Um, Cam Johnson from three uh, to knock it down. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie used to be a Brooklyn Net, and now he's back with the Brooklyn Nets after getting traded uh, by the Dallas Mavericks for Kyrie Irving. 
You know, he was part of a uh, a trade package deal that brought him over from the Dallas Mavericks to the Brooklyn Nets. And I've, I've liked Dinwiddie, you know. I've liked him. You know, he's a pretty good player, pretty good dude. Um, But he just, uh, you know, he I don't know, man. Whatever. Spencer, you know, he really plays at his own pace, you know. He uh you know you can't you can't speed him up and you can't slow him down. You know, the guy the guy really plays at his own pace and he really knows how to slow the game down and exploit holes in the defense. You know, he he gets others involved. Um, you know, he's looking for mismatches, runs the pick and roll. Spencer Dinwiddie is 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 a pretty good, you know, he controls most of the game for the Brooklyn Nets. I feel I feel my cow should, but you know, he's a shooting guard, so maybe that's not his game. Um, but yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie is really ball dominant. Like he's holding the ball most of the most of the game. And it's it's kind of baffling how the the Brooklyn Nets have so much faith in him already. I mean, I, I understand, you know, he was an all-star when he was on the Brooklyn Nets, um, uh, before he got he he went to the Mavericks. But I don't know, man. This guy he I don't know. They they have too much faith in him and they run a lot of plays for him. You know, he's he's mostly uh, you know, d- dominating the ball. But, you know, this is this I f- this is his team. You know, they 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 have a lot of faith in him. I guess, you know, he's the point guard and he's supposed to do that, control the game, you know, run the floor and all that stuff. But it's it's tough, man. It's tough. I I see him really slow paced. I f- I feel, you know, the ball gets the ball gets stuck sometimes. And, uh, you know, other players are getting cold and, you know, while they're watching him work. But, uh, you know, that's his game. And, uh, you know, that's what it is. Um, later in the game, you know, Cam Thomas checked in. And uh, I just felt like he didn't look comfortable on the floor at all. You know, he was taking bad shots. He was he was he got some mismatches against Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I like saying his name. Rudy Gobert. His, his name is Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. And he's from French. He's from France, but I like to say it with the with the French accent, you know, Rudy Gobert, Gobert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's get back into this, man. Um, Royce O'Neal, you know, had a couple big plays. Wait, before I get to that, let me talk about Cam Thomas again. Cam Thomas, you know, he checked in. And he really didn't look comfortable on the floor. You know, he he was missing shots. He was taking bad shots. He had a couple mismatches against Rudy Gobert, and he couldn't capitalize. Um, he got blocked a couple times. It was just tough for him to get a bucket. You know, there was a stretch when he was scoring 40 in three straight games earlier in the season while, K- while Kyrie and KD were out. And uh, I was just hoping for this to be his team. You know, this is his second year in the league, and he obviously has a great scoring ability, great shot creating. You know, this guy can score the ball. This guy's a bucket. You know, and I was just really hoping to be this. I, I was hoping this was going to be his team, you know, but I guess he has to mature a little more, get some more playing time. But, uh, you know, this is Mike Cal Bridges' team, man. This is Mike Cal Bridges. This is his team, man. Um, Royce O'Neal had a couple big plays, getting steals, hitting threes, and, and scoring in transition. You know, next Nets Nets take the lead later on with an 8 0 run in the late second. Uh Finney Smith, you know, that's another guy they acquired from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh 
who's a, who's pretty good. You know, he's, he he shoots, he plays defense. He's a 3 and D type of guy. You know, he's a big guy. I didn't really notice how big he is, but he he's pretty big. Um, the Nets, you know, they continue to play good defense on the big Timberwolves teams because, you know, man, do they have size. Rudy Gobert, he's listed as 7'1". Carl Anthony Towns is listed at seven feet. Jaden McDaniels, who's going to be a problem years to come, you know, he's listed at six nine. Jaden McDaniels, I like that guy a lot. I was watching him against the against the the Suns, and he was really making it hard against KD. This guy, this guy, he's really he was really making it hard against KD, and uh, he got some timely buckets. But the Suns were able to pull that one away. But Jaden McDaniels, I'm I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of him. Uh, the Nets stall. The Nets, you know, their tallest player is Nick Claxton, and he's at six eleven. You know, he's at six eleven. The tallest guy, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. They have two seven feet guys. They have two seven feet guys, and uh, they just have a lot of size. They have they have a lot of size at uh, on the on the, on their on their side on their roster. Um, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie with a huge second quarter, you know, scoring 11. Uh, Nets lead at the half, 54-51. Nets have 18 fast break points at the half, thanks to their good defense, you know, enforcing turnovers. Shooting 50% from deep, leading at the half with 13, Michael Bridges. Michael. So the Nets start off on an 8-0 run. To, you know, open the half, uh, to open the third, you know, the second half, Timberwolves rally back to take the lead late third, 73-72. Um, the Nets were up 62-53 to with 7.54 in the, in the third left, but the Timberwolves came back and took the lead late third, 73-72. Dinwiddie is having a big game. He's having a huge game. He's creating big. He's creating shots for everyone. He, he's creating open shots for everyone. You know, he's attracting a lot of the defense. He's penetrating. Um, he's collapsing the defense, and he's just kicking it out. He he passes the ball. I like Dinwiddie. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know about Dinwiddie. I have mixed feelings about Spencer Dinwiddie, but you know, he means good. He means good. It's not like he's a nut. You know, taking a lot of shots. You know, ball hogging. This guy, he gets a lot. He gets everyone involved. Um, but he had a really good game. Um, a really, a really solid game. Um, he's ten for seventeen, with eleven eleven minutes to go in the in the fourth. So he had a really good game yesterday. He scored thirty. He scored thirty points off of thirteen for twenty four shooting. Um, he was really the only guy that was able to get it on yesterday. Uh, Michael Bridges dropped twenty four. Off of uh, 9 for 23. 9 for 23, that's tough. So his streak of three games with 25 games comes to an end when he scored 24. So Conley, you know, late um, in the fourth, hits back-to-back threes to take the lead. It's a tight game down the stretch. It's a tight game. Um, Shot clock violation as a result of good defense by the Nets, rotating and helping on the big guy, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, they got a sh- they got a stop on Rudy Gobert. Um, Carl Anthony Towns hit some huge shots 
hit some huge and tough shots down the stretch. Dinwiddie answers to tie. To tie as 100. It's 100 with a minute left. It's 100-100 with the minute left. Wow. And, and just when I think, you know, the ball got stuck to Spencer, you know, um, he wasn't passing it. It's late in the stretch. He comes down and hits a tough and one. He has a tough and one, you know, to tie the game. To tie the game with a free throw. They take the lead. But he missed the free throw. He missed the free throw to take the lead. And it's tied with a minute left. With a minute left. So, Carl Anthony Towns has some huge shots, man. Every time I talk about the Timberwolves, this guy, Carl Anthony Towns, is is who I'm talking about, man. This guy, this guy, you know, he was clutch. He made he made another he makes another huge play attacking the small Nets lineup to draw the foul and hit two clutch free throws, you know. Donovan Finney Smith is is guarding him down in the block. And Cat is seven feet, man. Carl Anthony Towns is seven feet, and they got Dorian. Sorry, I said Donovan. They got Dorian Finney-Smith, who's 6'7", guarding this seven-feet power forward. And he's literally just taking it to him. He's taking it to him, and, uh, you know, he's drawing the foul. And he's drawing the foul on the nets uh, to draw the foul and hit, and he hit two clutch free throws, you know. Timberwolves played really great defense down the stretch, getting stops, forcing turnovers, and can't game came down, slowed the game down, you know, in the post, and got buckets, clutch buckets. Nets down, 102 with 39 seconds left. Timberwolves ball. Anthony Edwards drives, draws the foul, and has a chance to put up put the Wolves up by four with 19 seconds left. He does. He makes both of them. Nets don't take a timeout. Spencer takes a layup and quickly fouls Mike Conley to stop the clock. Conley missed the free throw. Mike Conley, one of the best free throw shooters, missed the first free throw. 105-102. Wolves are up. Nets ball. Nets ball and guess, guys. You can you can already guess. I already mentioned his name a couple times. Who's the ball going to? Who should the ball go to? Oh, that's right. It should go to Mike Hal Bridges. Mike Hal Bridges. I mean, I understand he's 9 for 23 right now at this point with 24 points. But this guy's a star, man. This guy's a star. And uh, he hasn't really been... He 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 did not really get any touches down the stretch. You know, Dinwiddie. This is Dinwiddie's game. And it, it was pissing me off. It was pissing me off Watch Dinwiddie control the game and slow it down. You know, this is why I have mixed feelings about the guy. But Nets ball, man. They're down three. Um, Nets ball, and they put the ball in Dinwiddie's hand. And they get two chances to tie it. They get two chances. The first try was Dinwiddie tries to take a shot and draw the foul, try to take the three, and he gets swatted. He gets swatted by Anthony Edwards. That's their first chance. So that's a bad look right there. They got a, they got 8.7 seconds left, a second chance to tie the game. And guess what they do again? They give it to Dinwiddie. They give it to Dinwiddie. Like, this is just, like, I don't understand this. I don't understand this, you know, 
I don't understand this. They give the ball to Dinwiddie after. He gets a bad look. He takes a bad shot. He forces it, and he gets blocked. You know, I understand he's having a really good game. He's got 30 points up to this point. But come on, man. You got shooters out there. You got Cam Johnson. You got Joe Harris. I mean, you can't really count on Joe Harris. You got you got Michael Bridges. Like he'll hit you one. Those got those people, those guys will hit you one. Will hit you a three down the stretch. But no, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie wanted to be the hero. He wanted to be the hero and he wanted to draw the foul. Like, I hate when players try to draw the foul, man. Just play the game. I feel i you know. So they get this they get the first chance, the second chance. 8.7 seconds left. They give it to they give it to Dinwiddie again. And he takes a bad shot in the corner. He takes a bad shot in the corner. The Wolves rebound. Game over. Game over. The Nets fouled him. You know, the Nets fouled him. But, you know, game over. The Nets actually got the Timberwolves absolutely stole this game from the Brooklyn Nets. They were leading this game the whole time, you know, but it, it is what it is. I understand completely. Dinwiddie had a good game. I understand, but I feel his pace takes players out the game. You know, he's really ball dominant. I feel Nets should have ran plays for Michael Bridges or anyone else besides Dinwiddie because he had the ball in his hands most of the game and the offense got stagnant down the stretch watching Dinwiddie work. The Nets look to bounce back against the Pistons today and inch closer to a playoff spot. So that's Brooklyn Nets basketball right there, guys. And that's the game that I saw yesterday. Timberwolves absolutely stole this one. They absolutely stole this game. They stole it. They stole it, stole it. But let's get right into it. Let's get back into it, man. Sorry, I pressed the wrong button. Now we're going to talk about baseball, guys. We'll be back in a second. All right, guys. So we had a couple, we have a lot of baseball. I, I love talking about baseball. So, you know, I'm sorry, you know, that there might be more baseball stuff than basketball stuff, you know, but I'm way more adept at, uh, you know, just watching baseball. I'm, I'm good at baseball. You know, baseball is my bread and butter. You know what I'm saying? I grew up playing it. I grew up watching it. And I just, you know, I know I know a lot about the game. So uh, we'll, we'll start off with some baseball news. Um, We'll start off with some baseball news, baby. Baseball news. Joey Gallo is having a good start to the season with three homers and seven RBIs. Um, Anthony Rendon just can't stay on the field. You know, he's finally healthy, and he gets suspended for five games because of an, because of an altercation with a fan in Oakland. Like this guy, he got paid millions of dollars by the Los by the Los Angeles Angels after his uh after his championship run with the with with the with the Washington Nationals after his championship run, he signed a 7-year, 245 million dollar contract. And he's just he's only played 60 games since 2019. Let that let that sink in for you, man. 
60 games since 2019. You know, this guy just can't stay healthy and he just can't stay on the field, man. He's had hip surgery. He's had COVID. He's had wrist surgery. This guy is just, uh, oh, my God. He's, he's made a glass, man. And I feel bad for the Angels for, you know, this huge contract when they, they, they've been having, you know, championship aspirations for a long time. But they haven't made the playoffs in some time now. And it's, it's getting really sad, you know. I feel bad for Mike Trout. You know, uh, Shohei Otani might leave this offseason. And, you know, it's just it's, it's, it's going to get tough for Mike Trout. So, yeah, he gets suspended five games off for, because of an altercation with a fan. Like, come on, man, be serious. You're finally healthy. You're on the field, and you want to get into it with a freaking fan? That's not even – I'm out of here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about this guy anymore. This guy just pissed me off. Michael Kopesh um, allowed five home runs. This is Monday. Um, the Giants hit seven home runs against the White Sox. Michael Kopesh got rocked. And allowed five. Um, the Red Sox, you know, they signed a Japanese freight, a Japanese free agent named Masataka Yoshida uh, to a five-year, $90 million deal. Um, he shined in the WBC as there were talks that he was overpaid. But he put those comments to rest. You know, he put those comments to rest with his, with his performance. Um, he hit his first career home run Monday. Uh, they call him the Japanese Juan Soto. A potential trade target for the New York Yankees, Brian Reynolds goes off for two homers against the Red Sox in a win uh, Monday. Um, Emmanuel Class A, one of the best closers in the game, blew a save to the Oakland A's by giving up a two-run homer to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth Monday night. Emmanuel Class A, one of the best, you know, it's scary. It's not even scary. Sorry. I'll take that back. <laughs> but um, Emmanuel Class A, one of the best closers in the game. You know, he blew a save. He's one of the best. He's not even close to Edwin Diaz. Nah, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. And that just brings me to, you know, a little Mets, you know, sad news for the Mets. You know, uh, the Mets suffered a huge loss at the WBC, you know, that I forgot to mention in the last episode. Edwin Diaz. Edwin Sugar Diaz, man. I'm devastated. I'm still devastated. I'm still devastated that this happened, man. That this happened. You know? That this happened. This happened in the WBC after they beat the Dominican Republic to advance to the semifinals. The the Puerto Ricans, you know, after a a perfect inning by Edwin Diaz, that I mean, he made it look effortlessly. He made it look effortlessly, effortlessly, the way he took down this, um, the way he took down the Dominicans in the ninth inning. He made it look easy. He made it look easy, and he looked at midseason form, striking batters out here and there, pow, 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 throwing 99, pow, the slider, pow. You know, Edwin Diaz is just on a different level right now. But then they win the game, they celebrate, they rush to the mound, and Edwin Diaz ends up on the floor. Edwin Diaz is on the floor, and he can't even walk. 
He can't even walk. He can't even get up. He's hurt. His leg is done. And it's the right leg. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, all right. It's his right leg. The, the leg you push off. You know, that's a, that's a, oh my God. It's such a key leg. It's, it's horrible. You know, he tore his right patellar tendon. And he will likely miss the entire season of 2023. It's just sad to say, and it's sad to, you know, revisit. But it's something you guys should know. Edwin Diaz, one of the best closers in the game, he signed this offseason a five-year, $102 million contract. And he's not even going to play in the first season. He's not even going to play in the first season. Of his new, of his fresh new contract that he got this offseason. He's not even going to freaking play. Justin Verlander, another, another huge signing by the Mets. Strained his terrace major, which is a thick rectangular muscle that, is, that extends from the inferior posterior scapula to the medial lip of the intertubercular groove of the humerus. Basically, he's strained a muscle in the back of his shoulder that connects to your arm, his throwing arm. So that's pretty scary, you know, when you get shoulder pain or shoulder muscle ache. It's scary for a pitcher. And especially since it's the beginning of the season, uh, Justin Verlander didn't want to push it. Um, he said it was, a, it was a minor pain, but he just didn't want to push it. Um... You know, it's the beginning of the season. He said, however, if it was, you know, like October, then I'm definitely throwing out there. I can definitely do it. But, yeah, that's Justin Verlander, man. Another, 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 another Met pitcher in the injury, injured list. Carlos Quintana, another signing from the Mets. He's hurt for half the season. He's hurt. God, so much bad news, man. I'm, I'm. I'm getting upset myself. Jacob DeGrom, former Met, you know, former Met ace, former Met prospect, you know, he came up with the Mets. He signed a five-year, $185 million contract to the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers? Not the Texas Rangers, man. Come on, what, what, there no taxes over there? Lord. We lose Jacob DeGrom to the Texas Rangers. But he gets whacked by the Phillies in his debut um, for the Texas Rangers. He gets pulled after three innings. So that's pretty good. You know, I don't wish any bad on anyone. But, you know, it makes me feel a little better that the Mets didn't get him. And the last thing, the last top news I want to talk about is the pitch clock. Dun, dun, dun. So we got to get a, we got to get a sound effect for that one. <laughs> we got one for that one, though. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. So a pitch clock. A pitch clock was implemented and has increased the game, has increased the speed of overall baseball games drastically. 
I mean, the games are flying by. You know, the games are now 25 minutes down from the average time last year. And I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And, you know, someone commented on it, and I feel it explains just the way I feel about it. So here I am quoting Venacudo, who I found this uh, comment on Instagram, I mean on Facebook. She said, and I quote, I love baseball. This is just ridiculous. The game has to be on a clock. It takes away from the game. It doesn't allow us to think about the game and enjoy the pleasure of the pastime. Baseball is a slow-paced game. You like it or you don't. You like it or you don't, people. It's the game in between the game that makes the game. If that makes any sense. If you know what I'm saying. Baseball players will get what I'm saying. It's the game in between the game. You know, thinking about what the what the pitcher's going to pitch. Um, my ne- what, am, what am I? I'm the shortstop. Man on first. What, what A ball hits to me. Where I'm going. You know? It's just... It's, it's a slow-paced game, whether you like it or don't. Um, and I continue from the quote. Now, I don't mind not having to watch the players adjust their equipment and touch their bodies after every pitch. That was getting silly. I missed the wonder of what the pitcher was going to throw. You know, a fastball, curveball. There's no time to strategize anymore. I feel it's not worthy I feel like I feel it's not worth the money to spend on tickets and concessions to buy food at the ballparks anymore. Very sad because I love going to the stadium. The outrageous prices and the shorter games just does not excite me enough to go. End quote. Vinacuro. Shout out to you with that beautiful that beautiful quote. I feel that explained everything I was feeling against the pitch clock. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, another thing is, uh, is what I've been hearing is that, you know, you go to a baseball game, right? And you go to the concession stands. You want to get some food. You want to get some food, right? You want to get some food? Put some, put some, you know, some hot dogs, some Cracker Jacks, some soda pop. <laughs> you, you, you go to the concession stands, right? So I've heard. That, you know, they make the line at the concession stands and they're never short. The lines are never short. So you make the line at the concession stands and they miss like three innings after they get their food. They miss like three innings after trying to get their food, man. After trying to get their food. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy The the game is being... Is, is being uh is being time now. But uh my mom liked it. <laughs> and uh, here's what she had to say about it. La liga implementó un reloj de lanzamiento y los juegos pasan volando. ¿Qué piensas de eso? Eso está bien porque los juegos no se hacen tan largo, porque es que estaban extendiéndose demasiado largo. Está buena la idea. Gracias por su tiempo. 
Wow, that is my mother right there, and she couldn't have answered the question a lot better. I asked it in Spanish. I asked her if you didn't know Spanish. I asked her the the league implemented a pitch clock on pitches, and the games are just flying by. What what are your thoughts on it? She said, "I love it. She loves the idea. You know, the the players they take a lot of time. You know, you know, adjusting in the box. You know, taking their time, and she thinks the idea is great." You know, the games, you know, are are straight to the point. And I'm not going to lie, I like it too. I like it a little, but I mostly hate it. I hate it. Nah, I'm playing. It's fun, it's fun. It's fun, you know, new is, new is sometimes good. But it's fun, man. So we're going to get right into the... We're going to get into the uh, the Yankees-Phils game. Yankees-Phils. So the first game against the Yankees, the game one, Yankees are coming in, winning two of their three against the Giants. They've had some good pinching performances by their staffs, you know, Garrett Cole, uh, Johnny Brito, um, those guys, you know, you know, Marinaccio had a good stretch. He's one of their relievers. Um, But yeah. But the Yankees, uh, the Yankees attacked first in this game with back-to-back dribblers to score with the bases loaded. You know, uh, I know Stanton hit one. Um, Stanton hit a little dribbler, fielder's choice. Um, so he got a nice little RBI. Yankees up. So Yankees score back-to-back dribblers to to you know to take the lead. They are up two zero, and then Glaber Torres, Glaber Torres. Hits uh hits his hundredth career home run, and the Yankees are up now. The Yankees are now up three zero, three zero. Beautiful inside out swing, you know, to send it to the opposite side, right field. Alec Bohm got two hits in his first at bats against Nestor Cortez. Um, he's due for a breakout season. He's a good third baseman, solid bat. And uh, Edmundo Sosa gets the Phillies on the board with an RBI single. So it's now 3-1. to one. DJ made a nice play to get Turner and save a run. You know, DJ making nice plays over there in the hot corner. Shout out to DJ, man. He's, he, he, won the, he won the first gold glove for utility players last season. So that means he could play any position... So that that award is specifically for people who play multiple positions. And DJ won it. Phillies then get a base hit to right, and Cortez made a huge play. A huge play behind the plate to stop the Philly momentum. So what he did was uh there was man there was man on base and they got a base hit. They got a base hit. They got a base hit to right field. And Franchi Gordero, who's playing right field, um, this man on second, he's rounded third, he's going home. So it's a hard liner to right field. Franchi Gordero throws it straight home. He misses the cutoff, man, misses everybody. And he throws it straight home, and it goes over the catcher. But Nestor Cortez is there, baby. Nestor Cortez, the pitcher. The pitcher. The pitcher is a fielder. Even when the ball is in play, man, the pitcher is a fielder when he releases the ball. When he pitches the ball, the pitcher is now a fielder, and everyone has a job. Everyone has a job. 
uh, and has a position to be at. Nestor Cortez's position is to back up home plate. And what he does, he gives up the base hit. All right, he could he could easily put his head down and walk around the mound and, you know, tout and, you know, cry about it. But no, he has a short memory and he does his job. He goes to behind the throw. He goes behind the catcher to back up the throw. And what happens? Franchi Cordero, he throws the ball over the catcher's head, but Nestor Cortez is there, and Brandon Marsh, um, he rounded third, and then he thought the ball was going to sail over the catcher's head, but Nestor Cortez is there. He catches it, fires it to third. Bam, he's out, inning over. Huge, huge, huge out by Nestor Cortez and huge heads-up play by Nestor Cortez um, to stop the Philly momentum. He stopped the Philly momentum, and he got out the inning. So that was huge. Later on in the game, you got Anthony Rizzo, who it's a no-doubter to increase the lead to 5-1. to one. Franchi Cordero, who's uh, who they signed to a one-year deal, um, he's a big guy. You know, he plays right field. He's got a he's got a good swing, big power guy, but um you know he hit a two run double. The Yankees are putting the ball in play and most importantly hitting with men on base. You know they aren't striking out. They batter they batted around in the fifth inning. You know to continue on, Judge made a play in center, and what I noticed while the camera was still on him is just the way he communicated that there's one out, that there's one out. You know yeah. The way they said we got one out is what I noticed. You know, the way they all communicated to each other. It looked flowy. It looked flowy, and what I got from that is a team that's clicking on all cylinders, and it shows because they're up 8-1. to one. Giancarlo had a hitless day, my favorite player, Giancarlo Stanton. But this is what I'm saying. You know, I have favorite players, and these guys freaking suck. I. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Giancarlo. But I love you. I love you. There's nothing I love more than watching my favorite player succeed. But, you know, it's hard. You know, it's hard. It's hard because, you know, I'm cursed. <laughs> but Giancarlo, he had a hitless day at the plate with a couple Ks. He's got to settle in and focus, man, because he's a key piece to this team. Because when he's on, the Yankees are really tough to beat. Glaber Torres finished 2-for-2 two two with three walks. And Judge with another solid performance all around. He's a stud, man. He's a stud. Yankees win with a solid start by Nasty Nestor Cortez. And the badge certainly came through, putting up an A-piece nugget on the Phils. Series opener, Yankees improved 3-1. and one. Phillies go to 0-4. So we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about the second game. Second game that went on yesterday. And just quick little baseball news that I got from yesterday. Um, Jason Vossler from the Cincinnati Reds has hit, has had three straight games with a homer. That's a hot bat right there, man. He's hot. Manny Machado. Manny Machado got ejected in the first inning after getting called out on strikes due to a pitch clock violation. Due to a pitch clock violation. Due to a pitch clock violation, and this is what I got from it. Manny Machado very clearly put his hand up to call a timeout at the eight-second mark. Timeout was not granted. Instead, he was given a pitch clock violation, 
which was strike three, and was ejected from the game after arguing soon after. In the first inning, man, in the first inning. You see, the, the umpires, they're getting a lot of power, man. They're getting a lot of power, man. They're getting a lot of power, and it's getting to them, man. They're just throwing people out left and right. They're calling violations left and right. Um, the Rays are the only undefeated team left in the league. They score five in the ninth inning to come back against the... They score five in the inning to come back. To come back against the Nationals. Um, Sandy Alcantara, back in his Cy Young form, throwing a complete game shutout with five Ks, one base on balls, and exactly 100 pitches. Talk about being efficient, man. You don't see pitchers like him anymore who pitch to contact and efficient. He's got some great stuff, and he's got excellent command. So we're going to go on to the Yankees game two. Yankees game two. We got to speed it up a bit, you know, because we're running short on time. So the Phillies coming in 0-4 to the season after making it to the World Series last year. The Phillies dropped the series opener against the Yankees, losing 8-1. They hope to bounce back. Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber kicks things off with a solo home run in the first, his 200th of his career. Last game, you know, we got Glaber Torres with his 100th. Now we got the second game, Kyle Schwarber with his 200th. Pretty cool. Brandon Marsh also hits a homer to take a 2-0 lead. It's top four, and Domingo Herman has seven Ks. Yankees. Yankees had had one hit so far and are being dominated by Strom. Matt Strom. The only hit was by Anthony Volpe. You know it's bad when a rookie has the only hit. <laughs> Domingo gets pulled in the fifth, only giving up three hits and two runs. But in perspective of, of Domingo Herman, he cannot be happy with this move. He cannot. You have to be upset with the offense because he definitely could have went for way more. And I get it. It's his first game out, first game of the season. He's got to get warm. But this is definitely on the offense for not helping Domingo Herman a bit. Boone decides to bring in Michael King to face Trey Turner. And uh, I don't know, man. I feel like they should have left Trey Turner. I feel like they should have left Domingo Herman. Trey Turner gets a base hit and drives in a run. Domingo Herman gets charged with a run. Trey was 0 for 2 against Domingo Herman. Very questionable move by Aaron Boone, bringing in Michael King after getting the loss against the Giants. You know, Michael King, he lost. He got the loss against the Giants um, when the Yankees lost. His reasoning for bringing in Michael King is that he wants to keep the games close. He wants to keep the games close. Phillies driving another run with a Schwarber base hit. Big fifth inning for the Phillies. Herman, final line. Four and two-thirds with four earned runs. When his line before Michael King came in was four and two-thirds with two earned runs off two hits. Baseball is a huge game of trust. You got to trust your teammates, man. You got to trust your teammates to make plays for you, generate runs for you, to pass the baton and sacrifice yourself 
so the man after you can come up big. It's a complete team sport. No one can win a game on their own unless you're Shohei Otani. That guy's in a league of his own. Matt Strom, who's not an everyday starter, held the Yankees in check with no hits. I mean, with one hit for four innings. One hit. And guess what? He's making his second official start of his career since 2019. Since 2019, and he's making his second career start against the New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers, and they have no answer for him. They have nothing for him. They have nothing. You know, he absolutely shut them down for four innings. I get it. You know, four innings is not that much, but it's still four innings. He's not an everyday starter. This man is is in the bullpen. He's he's a reliever, you know? And he hasn't started a game since 2019. Wow, what a comeback. What a way to start your second game of the season. Aaron Hicks. Oh, my God, Aaron Hicks. I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad. He's not having a good start to the season. He's, he's 0 for 7. 0 for 7 on the season. He's batting zero. And it seems like he feels a lot of pressure. After getting out, you know, he was seen getting upset in the dugout. And Judge, Aaron Judge, the captain, came to consult him. It seems the Yankee fans have been getting to him. This man is getting booed. He's getting booed. Going up to the plate and booed. Off the field after he gets out. You know? After he gets out. How, how does that feel? That must feel horrible, man. I mean, I'm, I know my boy Giancarlo Stanton, you know, went through it. But that guy's he he's a stud. He's very poised. Aaron Hicks, however. Oh, my God. He's, he's crumbling. He's crumbling right before our eyes. He's crumbling. Um, you know, it seems like the noise is getting to him. Yankee, Yankees finally get a hit by Glaber Torres in the bottom seven. Aaron Hicks finishes the game 0 for 3, 0 for 7 to start the season. Tough. And the fans are making him hear it. Yankees avoid getting shut out with DJ, DJ LeMayu hitting a solo home run. 4-1, Phillies. Yankees give it a last fight. Getting Judge on with a walk. Stanton hit a signal. Donaldson comes up at the tying run. Donaldson fouls out. Fouls out to the first baseman to end the game. And the Yankees lose. Four to one. (laughs) Yankees dropped this game as the offense woke up too late. Getting a couple guys on and one run in the ninth. And two men on to make it interesting. But fell short. Yankees are now 3-2 and two on the season. Dun, dun, dun. We're pretty good, man. Yo, we're getting some pretty good stuff, man. I know I know the podcast is lasting a little more than it's supposed to, but we're, we're, we're going over some good stuff, man. We're going over some good stuff. I prepped really well, and I'm definitely going to read everything that I prepped, man. You guys, you guys are getting it all. 
So Mets versus Brewers, man. Mets versus Brewers, Monday, game one. You know? Monday, game one. The Mets come into this game with three wins, one loss, having no errors. No errors. And playing spectacular defense. You know, the Mets uh, come off a series win against the Brewers, 3-1. to one. Um, But, yeah, now it's time. No, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. They come off a series win against the Marlins, the Miami Marlins, 3-1. to one. And uh, they head over to Milwaukee to start the season on Monday. I mean, start the series on Monday. And uh, to start the game, the Mets leave two men stranded to start the game. Alonzo moved the runners over on a chopper, but McNeil fouled out. No offense early on, the Mets, besides two hits. Christian Yelich, this guy is leading off for the for the Brewers. Christian Yelich, what the hell happened to that guy, man? What happened? I mean, injuries happen. Um, I don't know, man, but I used to hear every day about this guy. You know, he used to be on ESPN every day. Him and Bellinger used to be yelly and belly, you know? But these guys, those guys fell off drastically. <laughs> Third inning, Brewers score off a double from Jesse Winker from the runner who got walked, then stole the base. Carlos Carrasco is pitching for the Mets, and uh, he, gives up to, he gives up a two-run shot to Brian Anderson. Brewers up 3-0, and it's the bottom of the four. Carrasco, his velocity, as you can see as time goes on in the game, it starts to drop drastically. He was starting at 93, and before he got taken out, he was throwing like 89. So, you know, with this new pitch clock, it does increase the pace of the game, so you're just throwing pitches back to back to back to back. And I could see fatigue playing uh, playing into this and maybe affecting his, 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 his throwing, you know, his throwing, his velocity. You know, Carlos Carrasco was throwing 89, 89 miles per hour. You know, so um, it's whatever. It's his 14th season, you know. Maybe that's why he's been around for some time. But it's been tough for him. He gets pulled in the third after walking two. Then Tommy Hunter comes in and gives in a grand slam. Gives up a grand slam. And it's very tough to watch. It's very tough to watch. I was sleeping watching this game, and I woke up to the grand slam. I had to rewind it and watch it all over because I don't know what the hell happened. So Freddie Peralta, who's pitching for the Brewers, is dealing, and and the Mets have no answer for him. The Mets had no answer for him. He went six inning pitch, two hits, seven strikeouts. The Mets did not touch this guy at all. The Brewers dominated this one, and the Mets were only able to get three hits. It got so bad that Luis Guillorme, Luis Guillorme came into pitch, guys. You know, a position player. A position player came into pitch, and he gave up one hit. <laughs> he gave up one hit. So the Mets fall to 3-2. and two. They lose to the Brewers 10-0. to zero. Mets down bad. Mets are down bad. Mets are down bad. And uh, we're going to go on to game two. Game two against the Brewers. Game two. 
some sad news by the Brewers. I mean, for the Mets, you know, um, Brett Beatty, one of the Mets' top prospects, left the game early because of a sore thumb. The thumb he had season-ended surgery on last season. Hopefully the MRI looks good later today. He's going to be a really key piece to this franchise, and we're going to need him. You know, he's a lefty third baseman, and he can hit. He played defense, too. Um, the Mets got blown out last game. You know, the Mets got blown out 10-0, to and it was just tough to watch. Mets give the ball to Max Scherzer, and the last time he pitched in Milwaukee, he came back from the I.L. last season and dominated with six perfect six perfect innings. And the Mets clinched a postseason trip from that win. So hopefully he can bring us back in the win column. He had a decent start against the Marlins. Things crumbled in the sixth inning, but it was decent. You know? Um, to start off the game, Nimmo gets on on first. Nothing after from the Mets. Max has had a leading ERA of 1.74 in 10 starts against the Brewers coming into this game. Brian Anderson, who's who's currently hot right now, this guy is on fire. He hit a shot last game, a home run last game against Carlos Carrasco, and he starts off the scoring this game off of a two-run double, a two-run double off of Max Scherzer in the first inning. He's a former Marlin, you know, and these Marlins, former Marlin players, aren't going easy on Max. You know, they gave him a tough time last time he was out against the Marlins. And, you know, they're doing it again, this time by a former Marlin. Mets get back-to-back hits in the top of the third. Then Lindor grounds into a double play to kill it. He kills it. Mets are hitting 184. 184 with Manning's scoring position leading up to the game, which is not good at all and not going to help win ball games. You know, you need to hit with Manning's scoring position. 184 is not going to get it done. Is not going to get it done at all. You know? Mets have four hits going into the fifth. Mets have first and second no outs down two in the fifth inning. At this point, the Mets haven't scored in 15 straight innings. <laughs> you see, I gotta put the I gotta put the laughing thing on that because that is just embarrassing. A team with high expectations this year, and they can't even score a a, a run. They can't even score a run. They haven't scored a run in 15 straight innings. Tomas Nito is up with man on first and second. And uh, he doesn't bunt. He's not bunting. I'm sorry, headphone users. But this just really pissed me off. This pissed me off. Little small ball. This is non-existent anymore. You don't see, you don't see teams bunting anymore. The power of the bunt. I was a really good bunter in freaking high school and college. I was bunting, man. I don't care. I will bunt. I have complete faith in the person behind me to get the job done. Because it just, you just got to put the ball in play, man. Oh, my God. So, the first pitch, Tomas Nito is up, first and second. He takes the first pitch, no show. You know, like, he doesn't show that he's about to bunt. I think, I'm like, oh, okay, that ball was way out of the strike zone. You know, you didn't even have to show. 
Then the next pitch, he's swinging. He, yo, he is swinging. He is swinging freely. Tomas Nito is swinging freely with man on first and second. No outs. No outs. This is a huge turning point in the game. You haven't scored a run in 15 straight innings. Play some small ball, man. Take what you can get. Bunt the runners over. Advance them. You got Brandon Nemo right behind you. Oh, my God. The man is swinging freely, and then he strikes out. He strikes out, and he does nothing. We wasting a bat. Wasting that bat. One out. Man on first and second. Top five. Brandon Nemo's up. So, the man strikes out, right? And it's a huge spot to move the runners over and sacrifice himself, you know? You got Nemo behind you, who's two for two. Two for two on the day, putting solid contact on the ball. Sacrifice yourself, man. You're not that guy. You don't even start every day, bro. And you over here swinging freely with man on first and second, no outs. No sacrifice, no victory, folks. Sacrifice, what it, let me tell you what it means. It means an act of slaughtering an animal or a person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine or supernatural figure. That's the real definition. The baseball definition, it means a bunted ball that puts the batter out but allows a base runner or runners to advance. Sacrifice yourself, man. The Mets strand two, mid-fifth, two old Brewers. Mets got a nice double play after a leadoff hit, bottom fifth. Marte made a nice diving play, and he got the guy at first. Brewers, hmm. Brewers were playing really good defense this entire game. You know, they've made big plays. Defense in baseball is often overlooked by an average person. Unless it's a diving play or home run robbery, they still don't understand how tough it is to catch a fly ball high in the sky or feel the ground ball coming 100 miles an hour off the bat. It takes a lot of skill to play defense in baseball, so don't overlook it. Don't overlook it, folks. Take skill, baby. So last game, I felt they left Max in there too long in the sixth inning against the Marlins. Let's see how he does this time. Oh, Max. Uh-oh. Here come the sixth inning blues. Max Scherzer hangs a curveball to Rowdy Tellez, Tele and he hits a dinger. I think it's time to take Max out, don't you think? No. Buck Showalter doesn't think so. Brian Anderson... Hit a long foul ball. I think it's time. I think it's time. You still have time. Bam. Brian Anderson hits a bomb off a hanging slider. After he just hit a shot off a foul. After he, he, after he just hit a shot of a foul on the same pitch. Back-to-back bombs. Now some guy named Mitchell is hitting bombs. Back-to-back-to-back. All on breaking balls. And guess what? Max Scherzer is still in the game. After that one home run, you would take him out. I would take him out. He broke down in the sixth inning last game. 
you know, he just gives us a shot. Take him out. Take him out. You know, Max Scherzer is very old. And, uh, you know, he's he's not that same pitcher anymore, man. He's not that same pitcher. You know, he's, you know, father time is undefeated, man. Father time is undefeated. They finally take him out after a walk. Scherzer's final line, five and a third innings, two Ks, five earned runs. He now has an ERA of 6.35. Woo! Wow. Wow, wee, wow, wow. Brewers score four more runs off of the bullpen. Brian Anderson. This guy is hot as hell, man. Hot as hell. If you're going to bet for some hits, bet for Brian Anderson, man. This guy is hot. He plays on the Milwaukee Brewers. He's killing the Mets right now. And uh, I'm pretty sure if I was a betting man, I think he killed the Mets again today because, you know, he's a former division rival. He's played for the Miami Marlins, so he's seen a lot of the Mets. And he's he's already got three home runs in the series, and there's, there's only been two games. Wow. So Brian Anderson hit another home run, giving him two for the day with six RBIs, man. Six RBIs. This Mitchell guy. This Mitchell. Who is this Mitchell guy? This Mitchell guy hit two. He hit another home run also, man. I think he deserves some respect on his name. So Garrett Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen. They hit back-to-back off of Brooks Riley. And I'm not even going to lie, I turned off the recording and I went on to watch the Nets game. Mets weren't hitting with men on and their two big guys didn't come through. Pete and Lindor, Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor went for a combined 0 for 8 and left six men on base. If the Mets are going to win these, win, if the Mets are going to win, these guys have to contribute. And the Mets fall to three and three. Brewers improve to four and one. Hopefully the Mets can pull one out later today and finish the series strong. And that's baseball. That's baseball, guys. That's baseball. And um, now it's time for one of my favorite segments. And the last segment of the day of the day something we get to do together we've been here so long so why not you know do something together so here we go we are going to listen to the we are going to read the bible um for 5 minutes and uh let's get right into it we left off On the seventh day, the seventh day, ladies and gentlemen, we left off on the seventh day. So the earth, the sky and everything in them were finished. God finished the work he was doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it a holy day. He made it a he made a special because on that day he rested from all the work he did while creating the world. The first man in the Garden of Eden. Uh Uh-oh. This is a story about the creation of the sky and the earth. This is what happened when the Lord God made the earth and the sky. 
This was before there were plants on the earth. Nothing was growing in the fields because the Lord God had not yet made it rain on the earth. And there was no one to care for the plants. So water came up from the earth and spread all over the ground. Then the Lord God took dust from the ground and made a man. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nose and the man became a living thing. Uh oh. Then the Lord God planted a garden in the east in a place named Eden. I know somebody named Eden. He put the man he made in that garden. Then the Lord God caused all the beautiful trees that were good for food to grow in the garden. In the middle of the garden, he put the tree of life and the tree that gives knowledge about good and evil. A river flowed from Eden and watered the garden. The river then separated and became four smaller rivers. The name of the first river was Peshon. The river flowed around the entire country of Havilah. There is gold in that country, and that gold is pure. A kind of expensive perfume and onyx are also found there in Havilah. In Havilah. The name of the second river was Gihon. Gihon, if I said it right. This river flowed around the whole land of Kush. Kush. The name of the third river was Tigris. The river flowed east of the Assyria. Assyria. The fourth river was the Euphrates. The Lord God put the man in the Garden of Eden to work the soil and take care of the garden. The Lord gave him this command. You may eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree that gives knowledge about good and evil. If you eat fruit from that tree on that day, you will certainly die. Uh-oh. Don't eat that. Don't eat that, man. He gave you one command. He gave you one command, man. And he told you not to eat it, so don't eat it. A companion for Adam. Then the Lord God said, I see that it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make the companion he needs, one just right for him. The Lord God used dust from the ground and made every animal in the fields and every bird in the air. He brought all these animals to the man and the man gave them all a name. The man gave names to all the tame animals, to all the birds in the air, and to all the wild animals. He saw many animals and birds, but he could not find a companion that was right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to sleep very deeply. While he was asleep, God took one of the ribs from the man's body. Then he closed the man's skin where the rib had been. The Lord God used this rib from the man to make a woman. Then he brought the woman to the man. And the man said, finally, one like me, 
with bones from my bones and a body from my body. She was taken out of a man, so I will call her a woman. This is, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. In this way, two people become one. The man and his wife were naked, but they were not ashamed. Not ashamed. All right, let's read one more page. And uh, here we go, man. Here we go. The beginning of sin. Uh-oh. The snake was the most clever of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. The snake spoke to the woman and said, Woman! Did God really tell you that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman answered the snake, No, we can eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but there is one tree we must not eat from, God told us. You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not even touch that tree or you will die. But the snake said to the woman, You will not die. God knows that if you eat the fruit from the tree that you will learn about good and evil and then you will be like God. The woman could see that the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked so good to eat. She also liked the idea that it would make her wise. So she took some of the fruit from the tree and ate it. Uh-oh. Her husband was there with her, so she gave him some of the fruit, and he ate it. Oh, my God. Yo, they had one job, you know, if I'm going to, sorry, to get off contact. They had one job to not eat the fruit. You know, this is something that is that is happening in the world today. You know, people are just ungrateful. You got a guy here that's taking care of all your needs, giving you work, giving you food, and you just disobey his one command. I don't understand. I don't understand. Because of a snake? Because this snake convinced you? Oh, man. So the man and the woman ate it. Then it was as if their eyes opened and they saw things differently. They saw that they were naked. So they got some fig leaves, sewed them together, and wore them for clothes. During the cool part of the day, the Lord God was walking in the garden. The man and the woman heard him, and they hid among the trees in the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? The man said, I heard you walking in the garden, and I was afraid. I was naked, so I hid. God said to the man, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat fruit from that special tree? I told you not to eat from that tree. The man said, The woman you put here with me gave me fruit from the tree, so I ate it. Oh, my God. He's blaming it on the girl now. He's blaming it on the woman. Like, I don't get it. Oh, man. Men, you know? Weak. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. Okay. So, so then the Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? She said, The snake tricked me. So I ate the fruit. 
So the Lord God said to the snake, you did this very bad thing. So bad things will happen to you. It will be worse for you than any other animal. You must crawl on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will make you and the woman enemies to each other. Your children and her children will be enemies. You will bite her child's foot, but he will crush your head. Then God said to the woman, I will cause you to have much trouble when you are pregnant. And when you give birth to the children, you will have much pain. You will want your husband very much, but he will rule over you. Then God said to the man, I commanded you not to eat from the tree. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just getting very passionate about this right now because, oh, man, it's the Bible. I feel the Lord. I've been having a really strong connection with the Lord. And uh, he is working through me, guys. He is working through me. And he's helping me fulfill my purpose and get my voice out there, man. I'm going to be worldwide soon, man. My voice is going to matter soon. But let's get back into it. Then God said to the man, I commanded you not to eat from that tree. But you listened to your wife and ate from it. So I will curse you. So I will curse the ground because of you. You will have to work hard all your life for the food the ground produces. The ground will grow thorns and weeds for you. And you will have to eat the plants that grow wild in the fields. You will work hard for your food until your face is covered with sweat. You will work hard until the day you die. And then you will become dust again. I use, I use dust to make you. And when you die, you will become dust again. So thank you to Adam and Eve for, you know, eating the apple for the tree. Now us men, you know, we have to work for a living. You know, we have to be the go-getters. We got to be providing. Thank you uh, from a woman's perspective. Thank you to Eve for now giving me a pregnancy with pain that I have to deal with for nine months. Thanks a lot, you know? Thanks a lot, dude. Adam named his wife Eve. He gave her this name because Eve would be the mother of everyone who ever lived. The Lord God used animal skins and made some clothes for the man and his wife. Then he put the clothes on them. The God said, Look, the man has become like us. He knows about good and evil. And now the man might take fruit, take the fruit from the tree of life. If the man eats that fruit, he will live forever. So the Lord God forced the man out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground he was made from. God forced the man to leave the garden. Then he put cherub angels and a sword of fire at the entrance to the garden to protect it. The sword flashed around and around, guarding the way to the tree of life. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We got through another episode. This one was longer than the last one, and I apologize for that. We just had a lot to talk about. And, uh, you know, just just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you, guys. Thank you for making it 
making it this way an hour 30 minutes in thank you guys it means so much to me and it's only gonna motivate me more it's only gonna motivate me to do more episodes of sports with Jesus. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, guys? Have a good day. All right, guys? Bye-bye. Woo!